Hey friends, you're listening to Project Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Destiny O'Rourke, college and career coach for Bowling Green High School, where I strive to provide first-hand college and career experiences for you, my students, so that you can be better informed of your post-secondary options and ultimately live a high quality of life. Please enjoy today's show. I am so excited to be joined by none other than the Amy Harden, who is the Executive Director for the Med Center Health Foundation. Welcome to the show. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, you guys need to know that Miss um, Harden and I used to work together in the alumna office at WKU, and we were the definition of a fun time just oh I just love everything about her personality and how she serves and just it's a real joy to have you oh I feel the same way about you so thank you this is going to be a fun time (laughs) (laughs) okay so my first question Mm -hmm. is can you start by just telling us a little bit about what you do and kind of describe your daily tasks absolutely so the Med Center Health Foundation is actually the fundraising arm of Med Center Health. Um, so we help raise money for initiatives that help the community. Um, so our foundation helps support the community clinic and the dental clinic. And uh, for those who are not um, aware of what those are, these are clinics that provide free or low cost health and dental care to those in the community who otherwise could not be able to afford it. Um, We also raise funds for the Hospitality House, which is here on the Med Center's campus. Um, So let's say that we have somebody from out of town who um, is in the hospital and their family doesn't want to have to go all the way back home and can't really afford a hotel or somewhere else to stay in town. We provide free lodging right beside the hospital so they can be there at a moment's notice. Um, And we also provide that service to parents who have had to leave Um, a baby in the NICU and they just, you know, they don't want to be too far away so they can be there in in a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, We also support the Cancer Center here in Bowling Green and we raise money for scholarships uh, that help high school students and, uh, right, it's so exciting, um, that want to go into medical fields such as nursing. Um, And so what I like to say is my job is to connect donors with their passions to help others. So when a donor is very passionate about helping the healthcare, the healthcare world, the healthcare um, initiatives, I help them find those opportunities to make a difference. Um, in terms of my daily job, no two days are exactly the same. And for my personality, that is exactly what I need. Like some days I'm in meetings all the time and some days I'm at an event and sometimes I am writing up proposals and sometimes I I get to meet with somebody who offers us a million dollars like it's just really cool to wake up every morning and never know what kind of excitement lies ahead your job sounds so exciting and wow taking care of the community like that is just so noble how in the world did you decide to get into this field um so funny story I legitimately happened into this career Um, So when I graduated college, I was an admissions counselor for a small liberal arts college in Central Kentucky, and I loved it. I think Destiny, you and I have that in common. We were both admissions counselors right out of college. That's right. Uh, It's amazing. 
And so I was traveling to Eastern Kentucky and Eastern Tennessee and, and meeting with students and their families um, and helping them on their journey to get that college education. Um, fun fact, that is a very young person's job, in my opinion. Um, and so as I started getting a little older, um, you know, being away from home Sunday through Thursday just wasn't something that I was looking forward to. So I actually took a job uh, in pharmaceutical sales, and that's for a whole other podcast, my friend. Um, but what I really loved about that job is um, it really helped me realize that I'm better in the nonprofit world. Um, and I think that's something that's important for people to find out. There are people who are great for the corporate world. And then there are those of us who are really great in the nonprofit world. Um, so I wanted to find a career that would combine my love of helping others, but also utilize the sales experience that I had found. And a job at the WKU Alumni Association came open in their annual giving program. And that was almost 15 years ago. And I have not... I have not left the career field since. I just, I absolutely love it. Well, everyone, I tell you what, it's just cool to see that positions like this exist, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think that it's a field that a lot of people don't know is around, but once they hear about it, they understand what a difference it can make. And it's, it's just truly, it's transformational. It's fantastic. So what kind of education um, did you have for this field and how do you continue your learning? Um, you know, I don't know that, um, again, like I said, I didn't even know this sort of work existed until I was in my 20s. Um, I, once I started in this career field, went ahead and got a master's in public administration. Um, I think that's a really great um, degree to have because it really helps you learn all of the ins and outs and all the different facets of working in the nonprofit world. Um, I also try to go to as many conferences as I can, hop on any webinars that I can. Um, we have to know a lot in this field about the new tax, uh, tax write-off laws and you know, how that's going to affect a donor. Um, we also need to know, um, you know charitable gaming laws and, and different things because we have raffles. Um, so I'm always just trying to look into things that I don't know a lot about to make sure that I get better every day. Tell us what you love about your career. Well, Destiny, I hope that you would, you could second this for me. Um, for me to be successful, I have to know that what I'm doing is making a difference. Um, that's, that's, that's just who I am. I know that at my core, I have to know, maybe it's not every day, maybe it's not every minute, maybe it's not even every month, but somewhere down the road, whether I see it or not, I know that what I'm doing is helping other people. Um, so I like to put it this way. I'm not at the point in my life, hopefully yet, but I can make a million dollar donation to an organization that I love. But I don't have a problem working with people who do have those means and asking them to make that donation. Um, one of the first conferences I ever went to, the speaker said, asking is giving. So my asking community members and businesses to support something that I'm passionate about is just one way that I can give back. And I just love it. That is really cool. And yes, it's, it's awesome to be able to see something 
seemingly small as an ask, right? I mean, and there's an art to it for sure, but you know, just making that ask is such a big deal and it has such an impact for generations. Absolutely. Um, so and cool if you ask, that. if you talk to donors that maybe are a first time donation and you say, you know, why haven't you, why haven't you done this in the past? Why now? Nine times out of 10, they will say, I've never been asked. Unreal. I mean, and I feel like that is just such a life lesson, not just for fundraising. Just ask the questions. Just ask the questions. Love it. Okay. So what are some challenges you face in your career and some challenges you face um, in, in the industry? Well, I would say the biggest challenge is I get told no a lot. Um, listen, here's the thing. There are so many <laughs> deserving and amazing organizations that need philanthropic dollars from donors, right? It's just all about finding that right person at the right time with the right project. Um, so I've definitely had to build up a very thick skin. Um, I think in terms of the industry, philanthropy is just, it's changing. You know, uh, the older generation, those baby boomers, they gave because they, they just felt like it was the right thing to do. And that's great. This younger generation, they want to be more engaged. They don't, they don't just want to give your dollars and then walk away. They want to be part of it. And that's such a fantastic thing. And I love that. Um, and, so, and then like everything else, we're adapting to, to doing things virtually right now. You know, um, a lot of times it's so much easier to have a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody and that's how you, you get to know them, you hear about their family, about their business, why they're at this point in their lives. And doing that over the phone is a little trickier and, and a lot of times we might be dealing with donors in an older generation who don't feel as comfortable with technology. So we're just, we're just moving and grooving and figuring out what we're going to do and how we're going to keep getting these dollars. Um, but when, when great organizations are around and people still want to be supportive, everything's going to work out just fine. Absolutely. Okay. So what other types of professionals do you work with in order to make your job happen? Oh my gosh. Um, well, every single person I encounter could be a donor. You know, that might be a financial donor. It could be somebody who is volunteering their time. Whatever it is, that is their way of giving back. And I love that. Um, I also work with attorneys and financial planners and wealth management uh, facilitators. You know, these are all people who are working with individuals who, who want to be charitable and we all have to work in conjunction with one another to make sure that it happens. Um, it's, it's just really fantastic. I don't think that I've met a person who I cannot tie in my job in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I was actually uh, on vacation down in Florida, down in Santa Rosa back in July, and we were at this restaurant waiting outside for a table. And there's this dude who, who sits outside and he makes these like glass blown figurines. And we were just chit chatting and he talked about how he had won a couple of raffles. I think he won like a Harley Davidson one time and something else. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you should totally buy a raffle ticket for me for the charity ball in November. You could win a week down in, in Gulf Shores. And he was like, well, yeah, let's do that. And so again, it's just one of those random one of those random things you just you make the ask what's the worst thing he's going to do say no i mean so that's another fifty dollars that's going towards the community clinic and that's just awesome that is really cool it <laughs> makes the whole village everyone can be involved absolutely 
Okay, so um, what skills does someone need in order to be successful in your career? Well, I would definitely go back to what I said before. You have to have a thick skin. You're going to get told no a lot. But when that happens, it makes the yeses so much more exciting. I mean, it's just really good. It's kind of like, like in everything else in life, when you have to struggle to get it, it just makes it that much sweeter. Um, and you have to be passionate about what you do. I mean, I can teach somebody the mechanics of fundraising. It's, it's a cycle. It's teachable. But if you don't have passion, it's just a transaction. And donor gifts need to be transformational. Preach, girl. <laughs> I mean, it's just, again, you're not going to have a transformational relationship with every donor. But, um, you know, I still keep in touch with donors from every organization I've ever worked with. Um, and I just love that. Like, you, when you're passionate and they're passionate and you're connecting over something, that's making a difference. It's just a relationship that's going to stay forever. It's like a family, truly. It truly is. You're absolutely right. Okay, so it sounds like you can find donors anywhere, connections anywhere. So, okay, so there's a lot of activity all the time. So talk a little bit about how you balance your career and your life. Okay, wow, coming with the, coming with the hard questions. I see how it is, Destiny. You you come in with like nice little little softballs, and now now we're getting to the meat and potatoes. Okay, um, so I'm now 41, and I think I'm maybe just now starting to figure out how to work life balance, maybe a little bit. Um, actually, I think I was kind of thrust into that uh, about five years ago. I have a special needs son. He uh, was diagnosed with uh, autism spectrum disorder. And so I knew right then that I'd have to find a way to balance my career and my family life. Um, I have always been a person who wants to work. I love it. I, I love being that uh, I want to show him and his friends that it's what it's like to have a working mom who is also still there. And it's, it's hard to do, right? Um, but there is no other option for me. I have to be able to balance that. Um, so... I think what's helped me balance it is I love what I do. So even if I have to get on the laptop and, and work a little bit after my kiddo goes to bed, I don't really mind doing that because it doesn't feel like it's, uh, it doesn't feel like it's a chore, right? Um, I try not to do that often, but I think that goes back to just being passionate about what I do. I want to succeed. I want to make a difference and I want my son to see what loving a job can look like. That is so awesome. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I feel so inspired right now. I don't know about y'all, but woo, I've got perch up in here. Oh my gosh. You're just the cutest thing of all time. Oh my goodness. Okay. So th this next question is something that um, I think we all face from time to time. And I especially want my students to understand that it's a natural part of life. Um, and so I've been asking everyone, you know, how do you overcome self-doubt? destiny i mean wow okay um i think that's something that I'm, I'm still learning and i think that's okay for your students to know that this is not something that just turns on and off right um so let me go back to when i said i hear no a lot well when i first started i mean that would just crush me right because i'm like oh my gosh what did i do wrong 
what did I do? But as I, as I, I started, you know, over the past 15 years, kind of figuring this out, they weren't saying no to me. They were saying, no, maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe it wasn't the right amount. Maybe it wasn't the right project. Um, and so I think I'm now at the point where I no longer doubt that I'm good at what I do. Um, that's not me being arrogant or conceited. I just know that I am where God, the universe, whatever wants me to be. Um, there's not any career in the world that's all sunshine and rainbows, right? Like, I, I think that's, I think it's easy to say the grass is always greener on the other side. It's not greener, it's just different. Um, so there will always be rough days, but I no longer doubt myself. Like, there are times, there are, I always know that there are things that I could, could have done better, that I will do better, um, but I'm trying not to internalize that as much because that's, that's just a toxic habit and I don't want anybody to have to do that. I don't want anybody to internalize things, especially me. Um, and that's just something that comes with age and experience. That is such good advice. You know, I think that it's true. We have to figure out where, what our strengths are and be comfortable um, playing to our strengths and understanding that it's not possible to be good at every single thing. But that's also why, you know, we, we build strong teams of people around us and, and uh, have great support and encouragement in other in other areas and you know um yeah i think with age and experience absolutely we start to grow into who we're meant to be and that really helps out and i think it's so important like you just said a few minutes ago it takes it takes a village just continue to surround yourself with people who make you better i mean i am 41 and i still have probably five people who i consider to be amazing mentors to me and i still call them on a weekly basis and that's what helps me with my overcoming self-doubt as well to be surrounded by people who are going who are there to help me and to lift me up and to encourage me in what I'm doing so good okay so tell us what do you still want to accomplish professionally I think I always want to be growing as a leader um, I love learning about the trends in this profession and making sure that we're doing everything that we can to support donors and the initiatives. And I just want to continue to be part of, of the goodness in the world. I want to continue to be making a difference. Sounds good. So if you could go all the way back in time okay. and talk to your high school self. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like it was 25 years. Okay. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do you wish you had known about your career and or life in general when you were in high school? Well, first of all, I wish that I knew that my line of work existed when I was in high school. Um, and gosh, I think that that would probably be professionally what I would like to know. I think it would just be good to know that life just keeps getting better. Like high school was fantastic for me. I'm still such good friends with so many people that I graduated high school with. But you know what? I made new friends in college and I made new friends in my 20s and I made new friends in my 30s and I'm probably going to make some more new friends in my 40s, right? Like, so yes, like those were glory days and they were fantastic and I love looking back on those memories, but it just keeps getting better. What is a sincere hope you have for high school students in our community? Oh, that's a lovely question. Um, 
I'm going to go back to that word passion. You're going to hear that a lot in what I say. I hope that high school students will take time to find out what they are passionate about doing. And I get it. We all have to work to make a living. But I don't want people to force themselves into a career they don't like because they feel like they have to do that because they're trying to make somebody else happy. Um, you know, take some classes, learn a new trade, always keep learning. You know, life is fun and there's so much to explore. And as a high school student, you're young. You have so much time. I was thinking about this earlier. I think I was maybe 34 before I started to kind of figure out who I was as a person. Um, so don't try not to keep that weight of the world on you at 18 or 22. You know what? Just do your best and figure out what makes you happy. Figure out what you're passionate about and, and do it. Don't worry about what other people think about you. Do you, right? So, you know, Destiny, you know that I have an almost unhealthy obsession with Dolly Parton. But one of my favorite quotes by her is, find out who you are and do it on purpose. I mean, there's a reason that she should be a saint. But it's true. Like, whatever you do, do it on purpose. And that will make you a huge success. So beautifully spoken. I have to take just a minute to tell the people. <laughs> okay, so, so when we worked together... It was at the WKU alumni office. And one of the things that Amy would do was she would show up in the blonde wig and be Dolly for the day. Oh, yeah. Yes, she would. Yes, she would. It was fantastic. And, and, uh, and also, there's a little British Amy in there, right? Yes. Listen, you just have to make life fun. Yes. Right? Like, listen to the Dolly Parton songs get a really bad British accent. It makes you memorable. It makes life fun. I mean, yeah. I yeah. learned, um, just on a personal note, I learned so much from you. And I want to just tell you that I really appreciate that. I learned that it is okay to be my authentic self and that my authentic self can also be considered a professional, right? There's not, you don't have to separate your personality from the professional that you are. And so um, I just, I feel like I learned that all the time. And then just the power of connecting to people. One thing I really appreciate about you is that you are brilliant with relationships and that when you think about people, you let them know it. And, um, and I just, I'm all, I will forever be appreciative of that. Oh, Destiny, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, you and I have very similar personalities. We are loud and we are fun and you're going to know when we are there. Um, and I think we really grew together and learned from each other because um, we had to kind of find that balance of, you know, figuring out how can we continue to be true to ourselves, but also let people know that, that we're here to do good work and we're going to work hard. We're just going to have fun while we're doing it. And I like to think that we bring joy everywhere we go. And that is just something else that we can add to our repertoire of, of things that we were put on this earth to do. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, well, we are getting close to the end here. Uh, it's great to know that there are some connection opportunities. So mm -hmm. will you talk a little bit about ways students can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, you know, I always love talking to students when they're doing research projects or they need to interview someone who is um, involved in the community or, you know, in a leadership role. So I would love for students to connect with me there. 
Um, I also love an audience. Um, and so I might even wear a Dolly Parton wig. I don't know. Um, but I would love to, um, anytime that a guest speaker is needed for a class, um, whether it be about fundraising and, and this profession or um, being an advocate for the special needs community. Those are two things that I'm extremely passionate about and, and love to talk about. So anytime that I can be of service, um, that would be that would be great. And I feel like I should let it be known uh, that my son is uh, a McNeil Admiral. So he is part of the, the Bowling Green Purple family. And uh, we love we love this the school district and we are excited to be part of it. All right, Purple Nation, I see you. <laughs> Ooh, Luckily I look good in purple, so things are great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're up for it, I have got a lightning round of five questions. I'm so ready for that. I feel like I'm with Brene Brown right now. This is fantastic. Yes, she's my inspiration. I love her so oh, much. Oh my goodness. Okay. okay, question number one. What high school did you go to and what was its mascot? Bourbon County High School in Paris, Kentucky. And we are the Bourbon County Colonels, 1997 Class 2A football state champs. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> Question number two, what was your first ever job? My first ever job was working in retail at um, a dance supply store um, when I was in high school. So I was a dancer from ages three to 18 and my ballet instructor, Miss Tammy and her family owned um, a ballet a dance store in uh, a neighboring town and I worked for her. All right. Question number three. When you got your first big kid job, what did you splurge on? Oh my gosh. Um, wow. I mean, I feel like my husband and I probably went to like a sit down dinner and we thought that was the coolest cool that ever cooled, right? Um, yeah. It was probably either a really nice meal or probably a piece of furniture for our new house. Very nice. Question four, what is the most random or offbeat class or training experience or job that you've either had or heard of? Okay, listen, I'm going to answer this in a very random way, I think. When I was getting my master's, I was required to take an ethics class, and I was not looking forward to this at all because it was a May term class, which meant it went from 530 to 9, Monday through Thursday for three weeks. I still, to this day, 12 years later, quote things from that class. Uh, it was the one class I was least looking forward to, and it's the class that impacted my life the most. That is something. Oh right? my goodness. So it was another life lesson to just always be open-minded and know that you can find great things even in those things that you're dreading. So I have to tell you just real briefly, my yeah. senior year, I signed up for that class. The first day realized that I didn't have to have it because I had the credits that I needed and I walked away. But that class has come up multiple times and now I'm kind of jealous and I'm probably going to have to go ahead and take that You should class. audit it. You should go audit the class. Yes. Yes. Always keep learning, sis. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last question. Question number five. What educator made the most significant impact on your life and how are you paying it forward? 
Wow. Okay. I'm going to go back to our boss together, Donald Smith. Um, I met Donald when I was in high school. I was a state officer for FBLA, and he and his wife, Dr. Jennifer Mize Smith, um, were, um, they came and taught the state officers several things. And we kept in touch, and then I applied to WKU and got accepted and got the Alumni Leadership Scholarship. And that was when Donald was the executive director of alumni. So he changed my life when I was in high school. He changed my life when I went to college. And then he gave me my first job in philanthropy. Um, and he's somebody, he's one of those five people that I consider still a great mentor. I know if I called him at any time that he would, he would answer the call and help me. Um, so I always try when I get, asked by a high school student to write them a letter of recommendation, whether it's for a scholarship or for sorority recruitment, I always try to say yes, because Donald saying yes, and Donald always looking out for me, whether I was a, a student, a spirit master, uh, an employee, he, he legit changed my life. And I tried to do the same thing for others. Oh. That's so exciting. Wow. That that's you're right. Those people make such a huge difference. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. And those relationships, you just never know where they're they're going to leave. There's a great book called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Um, and I recommend that to everybody because it just it opened my eyes. It was actually, I think it was like a book on tape, if that tells you how long ago I was an admissions counselor. But I listened to it as I was driving to Eastern Kentucky for a week. And it just made me realize that you never know how the people you meet are going to impact your life. And so that's, you know, that's just a perfect example of how he changed mine. And I hope that I can, I hope that I can do him proud and change somebody else's life in the future. Well, Amy Harden, everybody. There <laughs> she is. Goodness. Yes, me, O'Rourke. I just want to eat you up with a little spoon. This has oh, been so much fun. I've enjoyed our time together. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Thank you for being willing to connect oh. with your students. I just cannot wait to see the way that you take over this whole world. <laughs> well, you're going to be right by my side, so. Hey, <laughs> sign me up. Thank you, friend. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you can read a bio to find out more about our guest. This podcast is designed to connect. So if you're looking to interview our guest on your own or see what other career exploration opportunities they can provide, you'll find that information in the show notes as well. Don't ever be shy about connecting friends. Remember, you are building your future. We're just here to help. <laughs>